Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Sex, Psychics and Psychedelics, Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at the Banana Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. My next guest is somatic healer Adriana Rizzolo, the founder of Body Temple Ojai. Adriana is a sex educator for women, trans, and non-binary folks. In addition, she's a grief and aliveness doula, a tantric meditation teacher, and an energy healing and embodied movement facilitator. Adriana helps people heal trauma and patterns of helplessness to awaken their power, feel at home in their bodies, and to incarnate sexy, secure relationships. I met Adriana at a fire ceremony in Ojai recently and was struck by her tremendous presence and teaching skills. And I'm so delighted I managed to corral her onto this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Welcome, darling. How are you? I'm doing really great. I'm really happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm I'm delighted to have you. And actually, right off the bat, I want to address your energy, which really drew me to you. And you know, that's an and that's a word thrown around a lot, particularly in our kinds of yeah. circle. But um, when I'm saying energy, not not just the sort of uh, you know the brightness of you, but actually literal energy. Because when I look you up on the internet. I just see, you know, you've done so many things and there are so many projects and so many classes. Um, and you've grown so much um, and you don't seem that old. I mean, you seem pretty young. So how the fuck did you do it? I mean, it, tell me something about- I do about, have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. Is, that, but is, it, is it innate or is this something that you can teach us no. about? Yeah. Well, I am 40. So that feels like important to say, because I think, you know, these Mm. days it's, it's easy for people to look at other people and be like, you've done so many things, you know, and I started, you know, teaching when I was 26, you know, so, you know, you build things over a period of 10 years, you know, but really my spiritual practice is the fuel for my energy. So it doesn't feel so much like it's my energy, meaning like my my ego, my personality, like if I'm, if it's like left up to just me, I don't know how much I'm capable of to be completely honest. Cause I'm a very messy, you know, I, I come from a very kind of, uh, yeah, like a, a background and a history where there's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of deep un- being unexpressed. And so I think when I came onto a spiritual path and I started awakening and I started coming in contact with different practices and how to, how to awaken those energies, which yes, I can help people with that. That is what I do because that's what I've experienced. So it is a lot about the practice and, and, I think, you know, for most of us, we just don't know that that's available because our spirituality was rooted in, you know, lots of things that didn't include 
us, meaning the energy that we carry inside, the God that we carry within our own hearts and how that makes us so much more effective really as humans doesn't necessarily make us good all the time, but it does make us more effective in terms of how we have access to energy and to, to being okay with not doing as much as doing. Cause I think that that's a big part of where the energy comes from as well. Like I do a lot, but I fucking rest and I get a lot of massages and I have a lot of therapists and healers and I receive so much more than I give. And so I think that that's a big part of it too. Well, I, I wonder if that was true. But anyway, um, <laughs> I would love to Heart. hear, well, <laughs> no, not not all of it being untrue, but the bit about you receiving more than you you give because, um, gosh, mm-hmm. well, at a glance, that would, that's, that's a fuckload of receiving. That's a fuckload of, of giving. And this is all very yeah. good. But now we need to get a little bit more specific. So how would you describe your spiritual practice? Yeah, it's a combination of mantra practice. So in Tantra, there's different goddesses that you work with and that you have and build relationships to through actually doing internal mantra. So you sit to give you a very practical thing that happens. You might sit and focus on this this seed mantra, which is like the purest vibration of this particular energy. For example, if we take the goddess Durga, I have a picture of the goddess Durga here in the tantric tradition, and I'm doing a workshop actually on Saturday with Durga. And Durga has many, many arms, and she is the aspect of the divine feminine that is pure, like, warrior-esque, like fierce love, right? That can slay demons, that can, you know, help us to ignite the power to, you know, create and destroy and and really be rooted in like cutting through, you know, things that are really hard, you know, to deal with challenges and, and things like that. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you're doing a mantra practice with Durga, for example, and you're you're repeating this mantra and you're bringing that the energy of that that is also within you, but you're focusing on it the same way you might focus on how much of a piece of shit you think you are for fucking four days. You know what I mean? And so obviously you focus on the power that's inside of you quite literally. And it's a pretty insane thing to do. You know, I mean, I just sit there and be like doing a mantra practice over and over and over again. Um, You know, it's like, you know, it's a little wacky, but it also is also, it's equally as wacky to sit there and think that we're, you know, whatever the heck we think we are half the time, that's really just rooted in our trauma and our conditioning based on what society tells us, which is usually a bunch of bullshit. I agree. I mean, I think most thinking probably, oh gosh, 90% of thinking is pretty wacky anyway. Um, So yeah, I I agree on that front. You said seed mantra. What does that mean? So for example, like one of the mantras for Durga, and this is kind of like nerding out on something for a second, but it's just, there's a mantra like Om Doom Durgaye Namaha. And Durgaye is a word for Durga. And Doom is kind of like the, it's called the seed or the, um, I can't remember the word in Sanskrit. It, it's basically like the essence of that vibration is rooted in, in, the, in the mantra Doom, Doom doom. So every word, it has everything we say has an energy to it. We talked about energy in the beginning, right? And you're like, where do you get all this energy? And it's like from the goddess, (laughs) very literally, it's not, 
hokey pokey, you know, it's like you, you hang out with somebody and you leave and you either feel nurtured, you feel inspired, you feel energized, or you feel depleted. And it's quite simple. And we all have the ability to tap in with that. And for me, there's, I, because I'm a really sensitive person, and I think most of us are, if we're paying attention, I need places where it's like, I'm not just waiting for someone else to like fuel me or feed me or give me that kind of energy. Like, I don't want to fucking wait for anybody, you know, I want to have it. And so that's part of where my relationship to the divine comes from and why it's so important to me and and how it helps me then fuel the work and the service that I'm here to do in the world. I don't know if I answered your question, but you can ask again if I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think that you, addressed an aspect of the the seed so uh-huh. I'm just thinking okay so yeah the, the sense of this 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 potential this mm-hmm. intrinsic power that you know you're, you're tapping into is it through the words are it's through the repetition of the words we're planting these seeds I'm just caught in the mm-hmm. seed concept and maybe I'm on yeah. the wrong track let me know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love what you're saying. I don't know traditionally that that, you know, is mm. what anybody would say, but I know in my own experience, it is like that. You are planting seeds, you know, and, and you're also acknowledging something that's already true about you, you know, in the same way mm. that, like I said, we might get caught in a loop of unworthiness and then we start seeing and we find evidence everywhere, you know, based on how unworthy we are. Well, the same is true when we're doing something like this, where we're really just acknowledging, even if we don't feel it in the moment, right? Because that's the thing. It's like we're human beings. So we're going to experience suffering and we're also going to experience how powerfully magnificent we are sometimes, you know? And, And I think that that's, it's meant to be that way. Otherwise it would be a different way. And, or we'd be like zebras or something, you know, we wouldn't be human. And so- I love zebras, by the way. Um, I, lo- I was going to say, I mean, not not the word. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm very happy to be human. You know, it's complicated, yes. but it's 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 a privilege to be able to, you know, have these experiences. And I think when you come from, I came from a world of a lot of suffering or people that really suffered a lot. To me, like to have any ounce of liberation from my suffering is a huge privilege. You know, so I I really don't take it for granted, um, or at least I really try mm. not to. I love that. I couldn't agree more. Liberation is a, a privilege. It's definitely one I'm intent on on cultivating and, and you know, um, sowing the seeds of, of liberation as much as possible. And I suppose, yeah, we do have the seeds in us of everything. And it's, it's about which ones we choose to um, cultivate, you know, through intention, what are we, what are we choosing? And I suppose that, that is what mantra is about. I'm very curious to do some more of that work with you and tap more into these yeah. specific goddesses. It's really powerful. Seems powerful. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, and then, yeah. you know, it, it's like all these worlds open because if you weren't born into a world that were like, here's a practice to ignite your in your creative inspiration. Here's a practice to ignite your sexuality. Here's a practice to ignite, you know, just that general sense of worth that isn't connected to any other beings, you know? So it's also exciting because many of us weren't given this um, opportunity or technology. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more that we have these kind of gaps in, in education in terms of learning how to be resourceful with our own energy and luckily we have teachers like you and luckily we have you. And I know we discussed talking on this podcast about um, some some sort of self-love yoni practices, you know, for women to really kind of 
tap into their self-love, glory, abundance. Um, I, I'd love to get into that. But before we do that, actually, I want to talk about the word yoni and why you choose to use yoni rather than vulva or pussy yeah. or any of the other terms. I use that. all of them, to be honest. Um, I, I actually use vulva and vagina more than I use yoni even these days, but I depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm doing a particular ceremony that I do feel like has some thread of connection to a tradition or a lineage that I've done. Not that these practices that I'm sharing are what these traditional tantric practices were teaching because they aren't. Um, It's definitely my own interpretation, seeing the lack of connection to uh, women's sexuality that happens in the spiritual world. So I kind of took it and, and ran. So, but when we do different practices and rituals that are working with a woman's pussy, and I think all the words are good because I think we've been taught to like that they're all, you know, dirty words. So I think it's good to practice like saying words like pussy and vulva and vagina and yoni and all the words. Um, just like it's, it's, I think, healthy to practicing death and dying, you know, death and dying and death and dying. It's like we have so much uh, stigma around these things or sex or, you know, this, all this stuff um, that I feel like it helps just to say the words and to normalize um, the fact that these are just very human things. And uh, especially when it comes to the vulva and our vagina, these are just parts of our bodies, you know, it's pretty simple, but it's obviously a loaded topic for a lot of really good reasons, you know? And so I like using all the words, I guess, but I do find that yoni is a word that comes from India and it holds a particular sacred energy within the context of the word because it's not, it is referring to the anatomy um, but it also is and can be used in the context of a principle or an energy you could say tell me about these practices i think one was the mirror mm-hmm. work when it comes to the sex education and the work that I do around that. I was trained by somebody named Deborah Sundahl, who's been teaching about the G-spot for like 40 years. Um, she is an elder in the in the sex education world. She's an amazing, amazing being and teacher of mine. And I think it's really important for us to have teachers and to also honor our teachers because there is an energetic boundary that comes along with having teachers that protects us, that expands us. So just side note, need to say that especially when we're working in in more sensitive realms like sexuality and money and death and, you know, all these areas that were like, yeah, amazing. But the truth is that there's a lot of shadow energy that functions in these ways because that's just a part of what they are. You know, they're very human. They're like very like material reality. You know, we can't get around that. But what we can do is start to create the right kind of support for ourselves. So when it comes to self-love through the practices that welcome your full body, including your sexuality, and for you know people with vulvas, including your yoni and, and having practices, I've really found that it roots a lot of the spiritual work, quite literally, because you're working with your root, right? And at the same time, we heal a lot of trauma because we have some trauma mainly from being misinformed. So for example, the G-spot 
and the G-spot orgasm, which is an internal orgasm different than a clitoral orgasm, as well as the ejaculation that comes from the G-spot, which is most people only know of as squirting from like the porn world. It's, it's so much more than that. You know, it's so much more than like a little spot on the interior wall of your vulva. You know, it's, it's like uh, of your vagina. It's, it's so much more than that. And it's, um, for example, with squirting, it's more like a flood or a trickle or a gush than it is squirt. You know, when you think about like a squirt, it's that this is not how it is for a lot of people. And so just like normalizing and knowing and understanding these things and also understanding that there's a full body to the G spot, that it's not just the spot on the interior wall of the vagina, but it's actually the mirror practice that we do. And, you know, the teaching that goes along with it, you can actually see your G spot with your eyes in a mirror, if you know what you're looking for. And, um, and then we also share the mapping practice and mapping is bringing conscious touch to the body. So one of the key elements that brings self-love into our experience of having a body of being sexual or not, right. It's also like we have periods where we don't feel uh, very sexual or some people are asexual, like from, from the place that I share the work, it really comes down to liberation because it's really the only thing I care about. So of course I want everybody to have amazing orgasms and manifest their dreams through their orgasms and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is that sometimes you feel like shit. Sometimes you're not turned on. Sometimes your arousal is like gone to fucking Mars or God knows where, and you can't find it because there's some deeper rooted issue that's there that's saying, I'm not safe. I'm not, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's not because you're actually not safe, right? It's because of trauma and trauma says it's, it's, it's actually a threat or a perceived threat, right? So even if I'm just feeling unsatisfied with how much romance is in my relationship, you know, sometimes my body's like, you're not safe, you know? And I'm like, well, that's a little extreme. <laughs> like you're safe, bitch. But like, I need some of that right now. I'm not expressing this need I'm having. And then all of a sudden I don't want to fuck. And I'm like, what's going on? You know what I mean? But because we have this, I have this relationship and I also have support. I have no idea how people have fucking relationships romantically and sexually with others without having support. I really, I, I applaud all of you who can do that because that is not what you mean house. support. I mean, like, Having a, having a coach or having a therapist or having, you know, practices, having ways to work with your energy. You know what I mean? Like I, I would be yeah long gone, but anyway, that's probably because this is my job, you know? So I had to really learn about it through my own experiences. So there's, there's lots of practices that we share, but the main one is the mirror and the mapping, because like I said, it's not just about the goal to orgasm. Even if that is your goal, I totally hold that. But if you're approaching your first of all, just like approaching your yoni, your vulva, like spot on like that. And it just doesn't work like that. Like our bodies don't work like that. It's like, I'm going to, you know, do this. It's like very kind of patriarchal, right? It's like, I'm going to, you know, it's like, even when somebody's, even when you're with a lover and they're coming towards you like that, it feels like you feel this unspoken expectation and it it doesn't feel good. It, it's like you really... 
want to feel like however you are is, is okay. And that's actually what turns a lot of us on, you know? And so I really love creating that beginning foundation for people and why I, I tend to attract people that are kind of like, Ooh, this is scary. Like, I don't, what are you talking about? You know, like the G spot, like what is mirror, you know? And I tend to, to, because I can really create an environment that includes consent between us and our own bodies and then also hold this spiritual side to it that it's like when you're approaching your body and where body temple comes from, we're approaching our body the same way we would approach a temple. And when you approach a temple, for example, in India, right, you like you might fly. I mean, I'm from New Jersey originally. I live in California now. But, you know, every time I've gone to India, I'd fly for 20 plus hours to get there. And I'd be like, this is why I'm going. Like I'd have such intention. I'd be like, I need to go. And I don't even know how I made it happen. You know, like I need to get this flight, you know, it takes so much. And then you get there and you're like, I'm not going to miss any moment. Like, I'm not going to miss this. I'm going to just be as present as I can, because this is a big fucking deal. I just came all the way to this place, you know? And then when you approach the temple, even traditionally, right, sometimes there's um, turtles outside the temple because they represent you're, you're meant to enter the, the temple slowly and with intention, right? So you kind of slow everything down. And when it comes to the body, whether we're talking about just the nervous system and releasing stress, which is a huge part of our arousal and libido stress is like, that's where that's, that's why it goes, you know? And so whether we're talking about just coming out of the stress cycles and responses in our nervous system, you know, fight, flight, fix, fawn, you know, all the things freeze. I was like, I know I'm forgetting one. Um, then we need to move more slowly. Right. And so when we're approaching our bodies sexually, it's the same way. We're really approaching them from a place of, of love and from a place of full permission to be however they need to be. And I think the greatest pleasure and transformation can come from that permission in itself. Beautiful. And I want to just touch back on, did you say self-consent or consent? Yeah from ourselves about our own bodies. Can you tell me a little more about that? That sounds interesting. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for bringing that back because it's a really important part of this type of work, self-love work, um, especially when we're going into this realm of sexuality and of how are we really changing our nervous system? How are we changing? And this is how we change our lives because everything that we perceive about ourselves and the world comes from our autonomic nervous system. So this is why it's it's changing in our vagal nerve and that the vagus nerves go down into our wombs. They go into the cervix, they go they touch tap into the G spot. So we're actually change we could create tremendous change through somatic work and it's really exciting because we could change a lot of things, you know, spiritually, but then we find ourselves in the same shit storms and relationships, right? This happens all the time. And then we're like, oh my God, you know, like, how could this be? You know, I have a we go to yoga all the time, you know, but then there's this stuckness, right? So some of the, the primary um, foundations, uh, foundational elements that we need when we're doing this kind of work is consent and choice, consent, choice, and the the element of care really which is you know similar to consent and choice so 
when I say choice, it might seem obvious, right? You might be like, well, yeah, of course, like I'm choosing this or I'm choosing that. But the truth is that when we were young, we didn't always have choice, not just around our sexuality, which there might be some serious trauma there, right? Boundary breaches, things like that. But even aside from that, just the way we got love a lot of times when we were babies, we had to contort all that. Like we learned sometimes how to do that in ways that are really twisted. You know, some of us grew up around addicts or alcoholics or, you know, all kinds of, or just fine people, but they had their own trauma themselves that we were perceiving to be who we are. Right. So consent, when it comes to self-consent, it's like, if your body is a part of who you are, but you're learning how to heal your relationship to it, right. Say you feel disconnected from your body or you feel like, yeah, I like the idea that the divine is within me, that I get that the body is a temple, whatever, but what does that really mean, right? And so so what that means is that we literally will give people the opportunity to like put your hand on your thighs and just like feel the texture of your clothing or your skin for a moment. And before we even move to your vulva, we're going to ask your body, is this a good time for me to touch you right now? And you might get a sense of a yes or a no, or you might not. And in that case, I say, choose. You're only going to learn by trying things, right? So if you're like, well, I don't know if my body's saying anything. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Great. Just fucking pick one. And then you'll find out pretty soon if it feels good or not, if it feels uncomfortable at a level that you're willing to, to hold for the sake of you know, some deeper exploration or if it just feels like too much right now and you could try again later, right? And then from there, we would have everybody cup their vulva and then breathe and just see like, what does it feel like? You know, I mean, that was one of the biggest things for me was like, I spent so many years meditating, like thousands and thousands of hours meditating and doing mantra and chanting. And not one time did I do it with my finger in my pussy. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Like all these years, I'm just sitting around meditating and not one time did I think like, Hmm, I wonder what this would be like if my finger was my pussy and I was meditating, you know, like how did that happen? You know? So that was part of like when that, when I would do that, when I would do this mapping practice, I'd be like, Whoa, I would, I would tune in to really, to, to alter altered states of consciousness when I would do the mapping practice because I already had access to altered states. Wait, wait. But, uh, yeah. I see. So you would start, you, you took your spiritual maps yeah. and then you started connecting yes. them to your... Right. Body. I mean, it also just started happening. Brilliant. Genius. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like I... Yeah. I mean, why did no one think of this all these years? I think maybe there were a few... <laughs> prohibitions around it or something. Totally. Exactly. And, and, and then, and and then I would find that other people have had this experience and, you know, I'm not the only one. And then, you know, but, but it's not like traditionally taught of, you know, taught about. And so, so anyway, coming back quickly to the consent and the choice, it's really important that we're actually learning how to say yes, how to say no. These are things that we practice in the retreats that I do because we're not comfortable saying yes. We're not comfortable. Well, most of us are comfortable. Most people with vulvas are very comfortable saying yes, but we're not comfortable saying no. You know, dealing with rejection, dealing with uncertainty, dealing with feeling unsafe. It's just, it's a process. And so we need to actually practice it. And so that's why I guide people to practice it with themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you take that every step step along the way. And then it actually creates this kind of 
tension that can be a turn on too. You know, it's not just like you're asking permission because you're going to get in trouble. It's more like, Ooh, like, do you like this? You know what I mean? And it's like, Ooh, well, what do you like about it? You know, it's just allowing us to be as deep as we actually are, you know, and, and most mainstream consciousness and media and porn, it's just like, it's devoid of depth. It's devoid of, of intimacy and it's devoid of feeling and it's devoid of arguments and, and all the things that are actually a part of our sex life, you know, like, love it yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's devoid of the real, the real juice, right? Yeah. You've got all that, that, yeah. the, pho- the phone, the phony squirt juice is squirting around, yeah. but, but yeah, no, the, the juice, of the, the relational juice. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, this is, of course, porn has become default sex education mm-hmm. and it's so performance-based and we've got, you know, the teenagers thinking that they need to look like porn stars mm-hmm. and even people in their 40s mm-hmm. thinking they need to look like porn stars. So um, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think you're right. It's sort of, it's an unlearning process. I mean, you're mm-hmm. unlearning, yeah, we're unlearning with our own bodies and our own minds and we're also mm-hmm. unlearning on sort of a bigger in terms of a bigger kind of cultural movement. I yeah. Think. I think there's a lot of, and I think that's why people are afraid of it. Now, you know, like I think it's not, you're not actually afraid of your own body or your own sexuality. I think we get afraid because we don't know what it means. We don't know what it means about us. If we're not conditioned to feel like if our asses doesn't look like this and if we don't have big tits and if our, we don't have cellulite and we don't look like this and we don't ever age you know, that, 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 then we're going to be, <laughs> then we deserve love, you know what I mean? Which is like a completely, yeah. I mean, that's really standard, you know, it's like, we all deserve love and that's what it But that down. you're absolutely right. That's what it, that is, I mean, yeah. And, and it's the fear of, of not having love yeah. that, that I think does really screw mm-hmm. things up. And of course, if we're practicing in these loaded environments where, you know, let's say, you know, you're going on a date with someone you would really love to become your boyfriend. I mean, I think that can really, if, you, if you're not confident, that can put a lot of pressure on, you know, and it can be very easy to, um, yeah, undermine your true self in subtle little ways. So one of the ways that I think anybody listening can practice any of the things that we're talking about on their own, although I do highly, highly, highly recommend a guide because we're talking about receptivity, right? And we're talking about relationships. So although some of these practices, even including the self-pleasure practice, is about you and your body, being guided takes this whole other piece into the equation where you're doing these reparative experiences where you're healing. So when I guide people, I'm guiding you, for example, Jane, to be your own sexual healer, right? So you're not depending on anyone else to do that, right? Or to to enhance your sex life. And then, you know, everything just gets so much more fun and liberating, you know, as a result. But it also really helps to be guided because we want to be able to sink in and soften and slow down. And it's just not our, it's not our conditioning. You know, we're conditioned to like go fast. We come from this culture of domination and it's like, go do, you know, and it's like, it actually can feel uncomfortable to slow down. We might feel anxiety. And so to have somebody that's there saying it's okay to feel that anxiety or to feel that grief or to feel that discomfort, let's see what happens next. And really just kind of keep unfolding from there. It really helps. That being said, you all 
anybody listening, you know, that has a vulva, you, you can do these explorations on your own in really simple ways, just by getting a mirror. Obviously you can use your phone if you don't have anything else, but like, when's the last time you looked at your pussy, you know, and how many other people have looked at your pussy and you don't look at it. And, and this is true for me too. A lot more people have looked at my pussy, even at this point, probably than I have looked at it. You know, it's not like I'm like every day, like looking at my pussy in the mirror, but it's like, you can come into this practice just very simply and just taking a few breaths and just like noticing what your response is, right? Because you might kind of feel like, ooh, you might feel a sensation of disgust, right? And the truth is that it's not your a lot of that is is projected, right? It's it's coming from the culture. It's coming from people that have their own fear and how that fear has been projected onto us in different forms, like anger or meanness or whatever, right? So so not to take it so seriously, but to see it for what it is. It's like, oh, I feel kind of weird, you know, like, oh, like, okay, so you feel a little weird, you know, like no big deal, right? Because that weirdness is also probably somewhere in your lovemaking or your lack of lovemaking or your inability to just claim, right? I, what you want or what you don't, right? And and so that's just a really simple practice you can do and taking a few breaths and just noticing. And if you're somebody who, who wants to take it a step further, you could do some writing around it, right? Maybe you look and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I never did this. Wow. Like, look at that. It's amazing. You know, it's incredible. And, and, um, and just, you know, following that thread, you know, following what comes up for you and honoring what that is as something that's sacred, because it is your direct experience as a human being of your own body is sacred, Right. And like I said, you want to take it from this place of consent so you can, you know, just prepare your body. You can prepare the space if you want. You know, like I said, usually our vulva doesn't want to be like looked at like head on, you know, so it's like turn the lights down, put on a candle, you know, you know, and not to you doesn't have to be a typical thing. But what's true for you? You know, you could, you know, put on some music, create something that's going to make you feel like okay, this makes me feel good, you know? Um, And we always teach movement because movement helps us to move through the inhibitions that will naturally come up when we go to do any of this work. And I'm not, it's not lost on me that these things are uncomfortable for good reasons. Cause I came from being completely disconnected from my body. I mean, like I was like on another planet and my body was like here on earth, like, what am I supposed to do? You know? And I was like, wait, how am I supposed to get in there? Like, (laughs) you want me to go from here to in there? That seems really like a far distance. And that far distance that I traveled, (laughs) metaphorically speaking, I learned a lot of fucking cool shit along the way. So it's also to affirm any disassociation and disconnection that we might have because that's what brings us together to learn in these cool ways. That's what might bring you to a class where you get to just like be in a group and no one else is looking at you because you're everybody's in their private space, cameras off, whatever. Or maybe the next level of that, that might be a retreat where, again, nobody's looking at you. It's just between you and nature, you and the wall. You know, we're not doing this. You know, everything's private and sacred, but but there's steps along the way that we can take. And I really want everybody to know that because I believe in the power of people who have vulvas desire and and true desire, not desire based on what other people think you should want, but the truest desires, which will ask us to die. They will ask us to, for parts of us, let me say it that way, to die because parts of us only know who we are based on who others think we are and who others say we are. And that shit is 
usually not a super great idea and usually results in more and more suffering, you know? So to break free of those cages over and over and over again, (laughs) you know, we want to make it fun, I think. Otherwise, the spiritual path just becomes a bummer, you know? So you are talking my language. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 So, okay. That's beautiful. Is that, is there another piece on that? On the practice, on the home practice? I would say, like I said, I I think, you know, I'm always, I'm hesitant to like, you know, give out like too many practices um, Mm -hmm. that are, that are really meant to be done with guides. But I will say this, I'll say, let me say a disclaimer and then I'll expand on it just a tiny bit more in terms of a practical thing that you could do that would deepen it. If you have some sort of um, sexual abuse that's rooted in your history and you've never worked through it at all with a therapist, I would recommend you do that before you do this. If you have done that and or and or you don't have any sexual um, abuse in that way, although I think many of us with wombs carry sexual trauma that comes from our lineage definitely total side note, different podcast, but (laughs) episode, (laughs) but if you have that, right, this, these practices are really healing, you know, for us, because it's between you and you, it's between you and your body and you and the divine, you're letting yourself be held by unconditional love, you know, regardless of what you're experiencing, it's all being held in the sacred container. So if you do want to take it a step further, I would recommend, like I said, doing the mirror practice, you could cup your vulva and breathe, right? Just like the same way you might just breathe consciously in a meditation. You could cup your vulva and do the same thing and just see if you're... So wait, if cupping, cupping meaning just like placing your holding. hand gently over... Yeah, placing, one, one, right, hand placing one hand over your vulva and then the other and just breathing, just holding, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. just breathing, mm-hmm. like really simple. But think about how many people haven't done that. Like so many, you know what I mean? And it's just creating some safety in your system, right? It's just saying like, here we are. And like, this is, this is good. This is great. You know, like I'm just here breathing with this part of my body that has the power to create and give birth to new life, not just human beings, although that's obviously a big deal, but new life in terms of whatever you're here to create in your world, you know, that all does come from this deep place of power and sacred connection that's in every human with a vulva's body. You know, that's where life literally fucking comes from. None of us would be here if vulvas didn't exist. So it's kind of a big fucking deal. And to me, feels like definitely worthy of your attention. <laughs> so I would a say- few minutes could, here and there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, so, so you can cup, you can breathe and then, you know, I, 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 you really need to like come to the class to get the transmission of like, what is the G spot and da da da. But let me say a couple things that are just tips that sometimes just create liberation just from the information. Cause like I said, a lot of our um, trauma, especially with um, orgasm and ejaculate, it's just misinformation. Like the, the G spot was taken out of anatomy books, like during the Victorian age, you know? So it's like, we don't even know what it is for good reasons. So a couple things you can do is, you know, you can do just some conscious womb mapping, which means you would gently, and again, you ask your body, is it okay for me to enter right now? You get a feeling or you choose yes or no. And then you just press and hold and you breathe. So you could enter your vagina with one of your fingers and you hold and you breathe and you notice what sensations do you feel physically and emotionally? Oh, you mean, you mean, you mean pause when you say yes. hold, do you mean pause? Pause, yeah. 
hold and you're pressing generally with firm presses, but like gentle and firm at the same time. Right. And you can just go around, you know, just go around your womb and breathe and just notice. Right. And again, you need to really take on this kind of warrior energy of like, I'm not just going to believe everything I'm thinking and feeling right now. I'm noticing, I'm witnessing my own experience of being in a body and I'm doing it with love. Because if you're not doing that, you're doing probably what other people have done, which is like not knowing how to honor and how to have reverence for this, this sacred, sacred doesn't mean uh, fragile. You know what I mean? There's nothing fragile about your pussy. Like I said, it's like gives birth, it bleeds every month. It's like, I mean, it's the most powerful thing, you know, it's like the universe, you know? So there's nothing fragile, but sacred means like, I, it's like, whoa, this is a powerful thing, you know? So, so the mapping practice is just bringing conscious touch, like I said. So if you feel like you want to try it, you know, definitely try it out and see what happens and see what you notice um, and, and see what comes up for you. And I always think journaling or dancing, like you could even, as you're doing that, the last thing I'll, I would share is you can, you can ask your pussy for a song <laughs> um, or you can ask spirit for a song. This is a practice we do a lot, but see what song comes into your mind, right? Or maybe just a few words come in your mind and you can Google them later because that happens. Um, sometimes it's not like, you know, uh, whatever specific song, but sometimes it's like a few words and it winds up, if you Google it, it's like, Oh, let me see what song that is. You follow that thread. And then you can process what you experience either through writing where you would just journal. What did you notice and try to keep it focused on the experience of the sensation physically and emotionally. But also if there's a story that came up around what's going on for you, then let that out too. You know, you could write it all out and you could burn it. You know, I love burning things. And (laughs) Or, and, or you can put on a song and let your body just move however it wants to move. Even if it's just rolling around in your bed, or even it's just sitting there and being like, I feel frozen and just wiggling your toes and stretching your neck a little bit. Right. Or maybe it's like ecstatically shaking your body, or maybe it's just, you know, lying there and, you know, just kind of moving very gently and stretching and breathing and letting yourself be held in your experience. Because whatever you experience makes sense if you're talking to the right people. Most of us just don't have people that fucking understand how the body works in our lives, which makes sense because none of us were taught this growing up. This is a new language. Trauma is a new language. It's all a new fucking language. But there's all these ancient practices that are also here saying like, you are the divine. God is within you, right? Goddess is is the fabric of our existence and is the fabric of everything in existence. It's who we are. It's our true nature. Everything else is just like all the shit we think and feel and it comes and goes and it's constantly changing. And the more that we can do these practices, we start to be able to see that we can witness our own experience. And then that gives us more choice within our own experience. And then we can create the changes that we are here to make, not because we're bad or we're wrong or, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody experiences really positive things and everybody experiences really negative things in life. That's just the way it is. But what we do with those experiences is what really matters. And I've had the good fortune to be able to transform some really shitty experiences that I've had. And I'm forever and ever and ever grateful for that. So thank you for listening to me go on and on and on. But, oh, Um, one more thing. hmm. One more quick thing. So I just have to say this. This is talking about ejaculation and um, specifically G-spot ejaculation, which most people know as squirting. The feeling of 
ejaculation when you're experiencing it is the same as the urge to pee. So when you do these practices and when we get to that level of these practices, when I work with people, you just want to pee beforehand. Obviously, peeing before you have sex is a good idea anyway for the health of your bodies, UTIs, et cetera, et cetera. But it also then when you get the urge, most people hold it in because you're like, well, I don't want to pee on somebody. Obviously, that's like, oh, God, that would be like the end of the world. And it would be so shameful. And, you know, we have all this shame, you know what I mean? It's like blood on your pants and ugh, it's terrible. You know what we've done to ourselves and one another in terms of shame. But then when you get that urge, you're like, I'm going to fucking let it out, you know? And then when you let it out, you realize it's not pee and you could smell it. You can taste it. It's not pee. Might have traces of urine in it, you know, when they do the test, fine, but it's not. It's ejaculate. And everybody that has a uterus, that has a womb, that has a G-spot can ejaculate, actually. Some people just need to learn how, just like the orgasm. So I just need to say that because there is sometimes like I know from my own experience of sharing this with people, but also sharing it with friends who like might not actually come to my class, but we talk about it and they're like, oh my God, just you telling me that I started like allowing those, that flow to happen. Right. And I've seen when, when women and people of vulvas let that flow happen, I've seen the liberation of their throat chakras open, their hearts open, their relationships change, you know, like so much can happen when we allow our bodies to flow in that way and, and to really be in their natural state, you know, because that is, if it's not happening, it doesn't mean you're not natural or whatever. This isn't like a shame thing, but it is true that we can all do it if we have the desire and, in certain periods of our life, it's important to learn how to be in touch in this way because we can feel that that's what's next in terms of what frontier that we're facing in terms of our spirituality and our human healing um, evolution and, and journey. Mm, thank you so much. This is such... You're welcome. Beautiful transmission. You know, I do think I agree that we should all uh, experience being, you know, waterfalls every once in a while. Or, yeah. you know, becoming a singing pussy. Um, I don't I don't mind the idea of, of that world where all the all the pussies are singing. Um, it feels like, you know, all, all the flowers blooming and the, the feminine, you know, really um getting to express itself and, and yeah. feel allowed and, and I do feel like your presence is in itself so permissive and and de-shaming and and wonderful and so thank you so much for for sharing your time and I do want to end just with one um question that I always ask my guests which is if you had one hope for the future of your work slash healing in the world what would it be I would want Every person that I work with, I mean, my, my hope is more expansive than people I work with because I have one lifetime and, you know, but I think that legacies and memory kind of expand, expands out past our lifetimes. And, you know, just like many great artists didn't even, you know, have success, quote unquote, in their life, you know, but then after they died, they did. So, you know, I, I would really wish that everybody that has a vulva and all women really come into the frequency of owning their own desires and using those desires for the upliftment of humanity, 
not just for their own like sheepskin rugs and like blah, 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 <laughs> but like for the actual upliftment of humanity. Right. And, and, and we're all in an imperfect journey with that. And I have a sheepskin rug too, like whatever, but it's like, there's LT some is other- charged. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not shaming the sheepskins. Yeah. The point is that, you know, there's another consciousness and there's a frequency that when you're on that, it's like looking into the places in the world and on the streets and wherever, you know, where where people aren't like us, people don't have the privilege that we have. And it's really important to me that all of this work, as it brings us into greater states of freedom, has some connections to that, however great or small, right? And 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 however, in certain moments it does, in certain moments it doesn't, fine. Everybody has their own journey. But I believe that there are connections and through lines, right? The work that we do, the inner liberation, it is connected to outer change. And um, so my wish would just be that that is easeful and clear and abundant for each person that that I work with and that, that self-love that they come into really ripples out, which I know it does inevitably, but there's a certain confidence that we have to have these days that does take practice and training, you know, especially with social media. People are like, how do you, you know, it's like, you got to train, you got to learn how to talk. You got to learn how to be seen. You got to learn how to do this shit. Cause unless you went to acting school, you don't fucking get that. You didn't get that memo. Right. And, and it's like, but you can learn these things. You can learn how to be expressed and in an authentic way. And um, I, that's my wish is that that expression ripples out. So there's liberation felt throughout the fabrics of our existence. Um, and and that one last thing, I have lots of wishes. So I'm just going to one <laughs> is that everybody that I ever work with really like comes out of this paradigm where we think that our suffering equals unworthiness. Like, can you imagine if like we just all felt like in a moment of suffering, we were still worthy? Like, wow, like that would change something. And I don't know if I don't even know exactly what that means, <laughs> but I know that there's some desire in me to when I work with people and when I work with myself, it's like, how can we really allow ourselves to be human and understand that that humanness is the very thing that brings us closer together and that helps us create this friction and this change that comes from the frictions that we get ourselves into. I think we need to create greater and greater containers of self-love. And I mm-hmm. feel like you're, mm-hmm. you're absolutely an agent of change in this and I adore you. And thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so, yeah. so fun. So fun. Thank you so much. <laughs>